0: Hey, welcome to Showtime with Coop podcast. Uh, insightful BS with some of my Laker teammates and NBA legends. And in the house, we got another one. This is Stefan Johnson. Stefan, how are you doing, sir? I'm well. I'm well as could be expected in this pandemic, man. God is good. God is good. Listen, I got a little quote, and I'm going to jump off because I did my background work on you. And okay. I'm going to read something, and we'll start with this. Okay. You said a lot of us professional athletes are cut from the same cloth. We go back to our old neighborhoods and relive the reality of that place. Someone helped us along the way to make it out of there. So I try to do the same for others. Who are some of the people that helped you come out of, and get to where you are today? Wow. Well, I'm talking to one of them. Um, I mean, you were, you were instrumental. I mean, you were just, your witty, uh, clever way of, Having tough love for young bucks. I mean, you should share a lot of nuggets with me. Um, there was a lot of guys along the way, uh, a lot of them, a lot younger than me, but you can learn from anyone. And a lot of them weren't even basketball players or athletes. So, you know, for me, my grandmother, who was born in 1870, she died my junior year at college. She was 114. Wow. The Civil wow. War ended in 1865. Your, your grandmother lived to 114? 114. I mean, wow, some of the stories she had to talk to you about, man. Ooh, you're the first person to ever say that. And that's, that's all I have, is those stories. But she communicated with me in a way that, I mean, I can't even put it into words. Um, she spoke with just, with her eyes, her actions. They say only, what, 7% of human communication is with words. That 97% other, or 93% other, she had all that. And uh, she communicated with me in that way. And I- I'll never forget it. And I still communicate with people to this day. I mean, you're one of them. You either feel someone's spirit, you feel the good in them, you feel the bad in them, you feel the hurt, you feel the fear. She was one of those people. Her emotional intelligence was was off the chart. Listen, coming up as a young person, uh... Uh, did you have aspirations of making it to the pros or was basketball just like uh, for me basketball was a means for me to get education because I didn't have that kind of money my family didn't so I used basketball to further my education was it the same with you or well yeah absolutely Um, uh, for me uh, basketball was always something that it could take my mind off my reality you know you know turmoil at home which a lot of times oftentimes it was you know that was a way for me to escape and go and, and lose myself in something that I was passionate about but I found out many many years later that I was OCD so it, it actually worked for me <laughs> <laughs> so that was a great combination for me to become a pro you know I was like I feel you know right. I'm <laughs> escaping and then I'm just doing it over and over again so hey it worked I heard LeBron was the same way so hey, it works it works for some people Yes, obsessive compulsive disorder would definitely be good for being a pro athlete, right? Well, keep, you can you imagine that? You know, can you imagine it? So uh, for me, I didn't know it at the time, but that's what I was doing. Listen, as you were growing, when did you start growing and realize that you were pretty good at basketball? Well, I was I was always a big guy, you know, bigger than the other kids. Um, so when did I really start getting good at it? It was probably about the seventh grade. You know, I was just so big that, you know, there wasn't a lot of kids that were going to stop me once I was, and I always posted up, so it was easy you know, for me to excel then, but when I started running into people that were bigger, I started wondering just how much I loved the game, and the love was still there, and I just stayed with it. So, was it your high school coach or your college coach that got, that helped get you into playing? Wow, wow, Wow. that's a good one. Uh, I would say high school coach. Uh, I would say my middle school coach because he cut me he threw me off the team. Uh I couldn't do uh I couldn't do leg raises because I had a hernia. And he said you're lazy, you're you don't work. So he threw me off the team because I couldn't do it. And later of course he put me back on the team but you know what I was, never his, name? What I was his name. his name? Oh no never do that. But anyway, the the point was whatever you're not gonna give us his name? No never. His, How his come? It's not it's, that. wasn't the point of the story. <laughs> the point of the story is I overcame that obstacle of him not believing in me and taking away taking something away from me that I, that I really loved, and he he just didn't know what he was doing to me. I begged to be back on the team. He put me back on the team, and later, you know, that was that was the spark that I needed. You know, that, do you really love this? So it carried me on, and then the thing that happened in high school that I'll never forget is. Back then, coaches could just literally lay hands on you. And I mean, I'm not talking in a religious way. I mean, they could lay hands on you. And my coach did that to me. He he laid, all I can remember is saying to him, well, so what? And I just remember seeing my feet in the air. And I was like, this, how did this happen? And he was body-cladding me. And he took me down pretty hard in front of the whole team and everybody was watching. He said, get out of my gym. I'm not going to tell you his name either. So, bottom line is, listen, wait, 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 wait. He got my attention and he changed my life because I was a, I was, I was one of those smart, eloquent, talk back kind of like you. I just talk, 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 talk trash, and I talked to the wrong people, and every now and then there were consequences. Stefan, listen, we know on the streets snitches get stitches. Yes, right. This is insightful BS. You got to say a name, man. You can say a name. I could say. No, but see, listen, they'll want to hear their name on the Coop podcast. Showtime. They would love to hear the name, but you, Coop, you have people that are so intellectually gifted. They're going to research it. They're going to find those people. They're going to find out when I was in middle school. It's the internet now. I know it's kind of strange to you, but it's the internet. Is a lot. No, They'll but find me. They'll people. find out. You can huh? thank those people for giving you that tough love. That's what well, it was, th- right? Those people would probably get trolled to death on the internet right now for doing what they did. That was abuse. They would. That would be the worst thing in the world to do to those people. <laughs> they got through to me. It wasn't what they did to me is how I responded to what they did. And Understood. that was great. Okay. So you uh, uh, finish up in middle school, go to high school. Where'd you go to college? The NBA season is back. Don't sit on the sidelines. Get in on the action at exclusivepartnerbetonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code CLNS50 to get your 50% bonus. That's 50% extra cash at sign up with code CLNS50. Get insights into all the NBA action across the season, plus all sports professions, collegiate, as well as pop culture, and even reality television wagering. Don't sit on the sideline anymore. Get in on the fun. In season action at BetOnline. Online. Don't forget to use my special Michael Cooper promo code a CLNS50 to get a 50% sign up bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online today at BetOnline.ag, your online sports book expert. So you uh, uh, finished up in middle school, go to high school. Where'd you go to college? I went to college at LSU, Louisiana okay. State. Yeah. There was a guy that uh, helped you guys win a few championships over at. In uh, Laker World, Laker Nation, Shaquille O'Neal was an LSU Tiger. Was he, there with, was he there with you? No, I don't think – he's not that old. I'm I'm going to be 59 next year, Coop. I'm an old man. I'm like you. I'm old. So well, I don't use the word much. old. I, I like to say senior citizen. That has a little Season. bit more professionalism about it. Yeah, you're seasoned. You're a seasoned pro. That's what we used to call it. Seasoned so – He, he <laughs> was in between Pistol Pete and Shaq, it yeah. seems like. There you go. There oh, you go. okay. That's, and how you that guys is in so college? Generous. Thank you, Ari, thank you. Did y'all, uh, did y'all win the, in college? Not, did we win? Yeah. Well, that's relative. I won a lot because back then it wasn't analytics. If you broke down the contributions that I made, I was winning because I was getting better and better and better and better. A lot of guys that played ahead of me in the SEC and well, you know, all SEC and a lot of guys on my team, They never saw a day in the NBA, but because of my mentality to get better every day, not worry about playing time, not worry about, you know, all the accolades, just my goal was just get better, you know, every time I stepped out. And I did until I got to the Clippers and Los Angeles. And then that's when it stopped. You know, at that point, it was like, wow, you mean all this is mine? So it, you know, you get distracted. You get distracted. So, you know, when I say, did you guys... Did you guys, and I mean your team win, yeah. you said they didn't win I. There's no I in team. So were well, you a good teammate? I understand what you're saying, Coop. That's why you're <laughs> sitting over there. You're the champion, and I'm sitting on this side saying, hey, you know, it was a great experience. I love playing ball. You know, you're not, not going to hear me say, you know, the perspective I have is where I'm standing, okay? And where I'm standing there, that is the perspective I had. I wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. Now, you, on the other hand, your basketball IQ and emotional intelligence on and off the court was off the chart. I mean, you were, you were class and still are. So there was guys like me who were just challenged. You know, I was challenged in every way you could be challenged from a mental standpoint, from a cultural standpoint. From every standpoint, you can, you can challenge someone. So it was always about having great mentors around me and having people around me who could show up my weaknesses because I had so many and most people could just see me coming you know i wasn't a great liar because i couldn't lie very well but it didn't mean i didn't try you know so reputation's on the line you know if you're lying and you're lying to yourself you know that's the worst lie of all and that was a lot i was telling myself just to just to carry me on just another just a little bit further until you know the jig is up you know when people say okay you've gotten good enough but you're not good enough that we can overlook these things and if that's inadequacies or you know, inabilities or whatever it is, they're going to, that's where the buck stops. And that's professional basketball, as you know. So for me, I was, I'm just trying to give you, you know, the Stephon Johnson version of what was happening. Oh, and, and, you know what? I love that. That's, that's why I wanted you on because you straight, you don't, you don't cut no corners. You real straight, uh Steph, that's the one thing I've always admired about you in our friendship, man, is that you always said the truth. Uh and sometimes people can't take the truth, but you know it's that old saying the truth hurts, but you know where I always stand. Uh so you finished up in college in nineteen eighty-six, you you got drafted in the fifth round, you're the hundredth player picked by the Clippers. Did you have uh any expectations going there? I mean, what was your thoughts going to the Clippers program? I had great expectations, but they weren't grounded. You know, because I wasn't, at that point, I'd worked so hard to get there because I'd broken my back at, at San Diego State the year before. And they said my career was over. So just to even have a chance to get drafted after breaking my back, I was like, wow, I'm still I'm still in the hunt. And actually making the, had it been any other team but the Clippers, I would have never saw a day in the NBA because most other teams would have given me a physical. Clippers just gave me a piece of paper say, hey, sign <laughs> here. And, you know, I'm all... <laughs> Hard to believe the Clippers were so bad for so long. Well, I mean, Don Sterling, he, he ran the Clippers the way he ran the Clippers. like Donald Trump ran America. He was like, hey, you don't need, why do we need all these damn laws? What the hell's wrong? But anyway, I'm sorry. That was bad. That was poor humor. That was poor. That was poor what humor. was it like being in LA at that period of time for the Clippers with the Lakers doing what they were doing? That's another show. But they had Magic Johnson on one side of town, and they had Tragic Johnson on the other side of town. They had Magic and Tragic in the same city. (laughs) But anyway. Hey, Steph, who was on the team? Who was on the Clippers team when you got got drafted? Who were some of the players that you played against? That could be a Netflix movie. I'm serious. It's not a season series. I mean, that was crazy. Do I have to name them? Yes, if you don't know about them, you can say their name. No, when did Norm Nixon go? I don't want to name these guys right now. They're all doing very well with themselves, and they're they're they've beyond those years, so it's no reason to know. Was Marcus was Marcus Johnson on the team? Hey, wait a minute! What year was that? Bill Walton on the team. Bill Walton. Norm Nixon on the team. Norm was on the team. I remember Norm. I could never forget Norm. Norm was on the team. now, was what was some of the Mar- things that. You had- okay, 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 okay. You guys have just been difficult. <laughs> There's the thing right like there. You see that? You see all of that? There's the <laughs> yeah. See that? See that? See that? I see that. Sniffle, <laughs> on. Sit down. Man. That. Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> so. Um- no, we had we had a great We had Benoit Benjamin. We had Lancaster Gordon. We had. Quentin Daly, Earl Curriton. Hey, Q was good, man. Uh, Darnell Valentine, good. Mike Woodson, Larry Drew.
1: Was um, Cedric Maxwell
0: teams? Yeah, man. We had, we had, we were stacked. Kenny Fields. Uh, we, like, had y'all were loaded. we were loaded, but that. we had we had Don Cheney, a great coach. Uh, I think Elgin was the GM. Uh, we had Don Sterling as the owner. And um, we were, you know, it was, it was an interesting time to be a L.A. Clipper. Michael Cage, Michael Tim Cage. Kempton, Dwayne Pooley,
1: yeah, Darnell Valentine, yes, Rory sir, White,
0: yeah. Mike Woodson. Yes, sir. We, were, we had some guys that all went on to do very, very well away from the game or beyond the game. Hey, Drew. And y'all couldn't put that together? Mike Woodson. How that come me? y'all couldn't put it together? Um, I think all the guys were at the tail end of their careers. You know, Woody's knees were gone. You know, you know Larry Drew had had some really great years in the league. I think he was coming in like his tenth year or eleventh year. Um, Benoit Benjamin was, you know, not as um, seasoned or as mature as he needed to be at the time. Probably is the best way to put it. Kenny Fields had just started a game a lot of weight. Marcus, you know, injured his neck in a game. Ran into Benoit. Um, um, I think Norm stepped in a gopher hole playing softball in the summer. So we, lost, we didn't have Norm. And uh, it just went on and on and on. The hard luck just couldn't get any worse. I mean, it got so bad when they cut, they cut me twice. Well, three or four times, really. Actually, I can't even count all the times I got cut from the same team. But the last thing, the big I can tell you is the night they signed me the second time, they were down to like six players or seven players. And they didn't do a physical or anything. They just gave me a contract. I like, here, sign this. We need you. We leave tomorrow for Utah. I said, like, I don't have any clothes. I was just in the stands watching again. They said, Well, now you're on the team. Come on, go sign up. We gotta go tomorrow. Wow. We went the next day. I drove all night to get to San Diego. Got there. They flew me out of San Diego to Utah, Salt Lake City, and believe it or not, we beat the Jazz in the in Salt Lake City, with six or seven men. Wow! You can't make this stuff up. You know, do you just, know how many you had that year? Do you remember how many wins you guys had that year? Pardon me, do you, remember, do you remember how many wins you guys had that year? We had probably two or three. I imagine wins. Two or three, maybe. 12? 12. 12 and seventy. Were we? We yeah, made it double figures. I mean, I just—I probably blanked out somewhere <laughs> hey, around. No, you try to forget that experience. <laughs> that was uh that we were working on trying to get to the lottery before it was lottery. But I don't know. It was it was just a strange time. It was a very strange time. Well, uh, uh, Steph, you can get there when you're bringing people out of the stands to play. You can get well, to the lottery real quick. That just tells you how talented I was, Coop. Look at it the other way. Oh, yeah, for sure. So yeah. you finish up your stint with the Clippers. And this yeah. is one thing that I really, and and and, and you, uh, a professional basketball player that's played in the NBA like we have, you don't really appreciate or understand going overseas to play. And when I left the Los Angeles Lakers, I went over to Italy. And you know what, Steph, that was probably probably my most enjoyable time in my life because I got a chance to see some things and basketball, you know, I had my high school coach, George Turgeon used to tell me, he says, cool, basketball can take you some places. And, you know, again, I didn't have that kind of money to fly, but you played in Turkey and Cyprus and Uruguay, Italy, Venezuela, the Philippines, Puerto Rico, what, which out of those seven city countries, what uh, was probably your best experience? Ooh, cool, man. That's that's the best experience meaning. Right, let's, get, let's let's put it this way. Steph, let's put it this way. Because at that time you was a single guy, right? Uh some of the time, but my wife's okay. sitting right here right? listening. So she's gonna be jumping Ooh, up listen. down saying, What we're, the listen. hell did you just Listen, do listen. Just Where where were the prettiest girls at? The prettiest girls were in Los Angeles. That's where I met my wife. In Los Angeles? Yeah. I'm it's talking about answer. those countries you told went to. You. <laughs> yeah, Los Angeles. That's it. That That's it. That's it. LA. No. Um. The 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 probably the prettiest were Venezuela. Women. Venezuela was uh was was amazing. How about the crowds um, over there? Were the good crowds? The crowds were amazing. I mean, you people are really into basketball. So when you go to those foreign countries, like you say, in Italy, I played in Italy it was just they're passionate about winning they're passionate about their squads. they're passionate about being passionate you know everything is is all in over there when you when you lose it's a big deal because now you got a whole week to deal with that loss until the next time you play so basketball is a lot different over there it's a lot more intense and they take their wins and losses Seriously. Very serious. And as an American, if you didn't go over there and fit the bill, they wouldn't pay you. Oh, yes. They wouldn't pay you or they'd get your, their money back. You know, I hear stories about guys demanding cash, and they walk out of the office, and somebody's sitting out there, stick them up, and then they run back in. I just got robbed. Said, well, you wanted cash. What do you want us to do? <laughs> well, I robbed. I was a team that robbed them. <laughs> so, what was your best experience internationally? Best experience? Um internationally playing probably Italy was the best. Turkey. where did you play at in Italy? Italy, I was in Napoli, Paini, and I was in Mestre. Um that was Mestre is like Venice, a little the inland part of, of Venice. Who, and, who's the um, toughest American you played over there? Toughest American was a guy named Anthony Lee. And Daryl Middleton, those were two toughest that I'd ever seen. And a, and a European guy was the best shooter I've ever seen to this day. His name was Dolly Pockets, on Dolly Pockets. Look that guy up. I mean, he he gave me like I think six points, and it was like six seven seconds off the clock. I mean, I tipped the ball and I messed around and tipped it to him, and he pulled up a three. I'm running to my man, I foul him on the three. He nails it and then goes to the line. Makes the free throw and then they, we throw it in, turn it over, goes back over to him, he scores again. And we look up at the clock and I'm like, dang, I mean, we're down <laughs> we're down already. But this guy was an amazing shooter. You see, Drazon, uh Petrovic was cut from the same cloth as Drazon yeah. Dalifagic. Yeah. And Dalifagic was, he was the real deal. But one thing I remember about um, just playing in Italy and playing against some of those guys that were really, really good, they all had the same technique. Yeah. You know, sure. you know? and they would look at the Americans when we would come and they they, could, they would say, all right, can't shoot, can't shoot, can't shoot. And when they mean can't shoot, that means their rhythm and technique and form, yeah, they yes. don't consider you a shooter. So, the, the, you know, I learned a lot over there about, you know, just the basics. And that's what I use to teach to this day is what I learned as the European uh, in foreign leagues. Did, did you play against Oscar Smith? Because when I went over there, Oscar Smith not. was like the, the big guy. He was the one that everybody was afraid of. That was the best shooter probably of all times. But, yeah. he, no, I didn't get a chance to, to face off with Oscar. But we did play this year, last year or two years ago in the Masters in, in Brazil. And we played the Brazilian national team that Oscar was on. But, unfortunately, Oscar wasn't there because, because of his brain cancer. But we beat those guys for the Pan Am Games in Brazil, which was, you know, kind of sad and good at the same time. But Oscar was the best of, of all times yeah. from what I hear. Hey fellas, let's talk about something we can all use more of right now, sex, and I mean great sex. Guys, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com, that's blue like the color blue, Blue bluechew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach so you can be ready whenever she wants that time to happen. Blue Chew is made in the US. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in those tedious long lines. It's even cheaper than a pharmacy and they prepare and ship it right to you in a discreet package. No awkwardness and you don't even have to leave the house. If you could benefit from more confidence when it counts, Blue Chew is a fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code SHOWTIME. Just pay $5. Again, that's blue com. Promo sh- code SHOWTIME to try it free. Blue Chew is the better Cheaper Choice, and we thank our sponsor, Blue Chew, for this podcast. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you can help make this podcast possible. So please be sure to use our promo code, Showtime, at BlueChew.com. That's Showtime at BlueChew.com. And stay ready. You're listening to Showtime with Coop Podcast, and my special guest is Stefan Johnson. Steph, we're at the stage of the show now to where I give you five names... And you give me something about that person, okay? Then I'll give you some names, okay? As long as you want or as short as you want. Okay. Mark Jefferson. Pass. Huh? Mark Jefferson? Yeah. I just said pass. Mark Cuban. Mark is a very uh, interesting fellow. Um, I really am intrigued by a lot of things that he's done since I met him. I met Mark when he was just a millionaire many years ago playing he loved basketball, loved playing back then wasn't very good, but he loved to play and he played often and I wasn't very kind to him when he was on the court because I you know he was just the guy that was on the court so years later you know after he became the owner of the Mavericks you know he he never hired me you know he let me know you know you know you could have been nicer. <laughs> Cause had you been nicer, seriously, had At you the been gym, nicer, you probably would be in my organization somewhere. But, <laughs> but you uh, learn a lot. You know, you can learn a lot from a dummy. So I was the dummy there, but who who knew he was going to become a billionaire one day and own the Dallas Mavericks? Hey, listen, <laughs> if, doc, if if Doctor Bus got on the court with me, I'd elbow him the same way if he was in the way. So forget you, about you that. Be, you wouldn't. You would not have been on the Lakers very long. He would say, you know what? He could have been nicer. He could have beat me without injuring me, you know? So, uh, you know how wild I was. I was a wild guy. So, (laughs) on the court, I wasn't very nice. No, you're not supposed to be Barack Obama. Barack Obama, the most interesting man alive. Uh, What he, the stories you said earlier, what my grandmother could tell, with 114 years, he as a black man in the White House, boy, the stories he could tell. I would love to meet the guy one day. I would love to just sit down and talk to him. I know a friend that, you know, went to school with him out in Hawaii when he was just Barry, And uh, me and this friend, we're no longer friends now because he was a big Trump supporter. And I was, and this gentleman happened to be um, a, a brother of color. And um, we just, we kind of just parted ways because our, we just couldn't have a conversation without that coming up. And he was, his thing was i grew up with barry I know barry barry i'm like no this is, this is not Barry anymore this is the president of the united States give the presidency that much respect if nothing else so it 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 hurt him so bad that barack obama became president and this guy that he used to play basketball against and he used to you know dog him out i guess in his mind that he couldn't get over so it just drove him completely to a, a different party and oh, wow. but it was a it's a very sad story he's a great player and i wish that we were we're friends, but um, he—he—he's um, the guy who really, when I think of Barack Obama, I think of this guy because he had real life experiences with him before he became president of the United States, most powerful man in the world. Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal to me is an enigma, but he's an amazing guy. You know, he's—he's he's done so many amazing things that you can't do anything. But like, like you know, uh, LeBron says there's soft hate out there, you know, and I'm like Stephon Johnson would be the greatest. Soft hater in the world because if telling the truth or telling or or sharing with what people you observe from your perspective is soft hate, then you know the world is full of soft hate because that's what we are. All all we have is our opinion, as long as we're not judgmental. But Shaq to me is someone who, you know, I the, the jury's out on him as a person. I don't have any real concrete knowledge of anybody that knows him that says, hey, that's a genuine guy. I mean, that's a real brother. I've never heard that. You know, and I would like to hear that before I die. But if it's not, it's okay. Um, You're a real brother. I mean, there's some real brothers out there that the real brothers don't get a chance to do anything because we're too busy being real. You know, we're not doing all the fake stuff that keeps us there and keeps us, you know, hidden. You know, the guys who are willing to expose themselves for who they are are the guys who pay the greatest price. Um, So, but Shaq, to me, I'd love to, to sit down with him one day and chop it up. Hopefully, you know, he won't be as fake as you know it seems he is. Uh I last time I said that, but that's all I know, Shaq. If you heard it, you're probably gonna be listening to Coop's podcast. And the way you and Barkley chop people up on TV, you shouldn't shouldn't have thin skin. So you don't like it. Say something good about him or something bad. All publicity is taken here. Uh last but not least, says we're a year after this young man's tragic death, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, that, that that's a gut punch right there. That <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, well, I wasn't prepared, for that. you know, just a guy that just was living life. Just a guy who, I mean, he's he's bigger than life. Um, you know what he brought to us, what he shared with us. You know his even his failures. You know, and the things that that, that weren't the most becoming of him. The things that makes him even more appreciated, because he overcame, you know, the lowest of times, um, you know, and the and the and the, the the whole way that he's lived his life, you know, through the public, you know, from his relationship with his father to how he's he and his wife met and the beautiful family that they have and all that they went through as far as you know the infidelity, you know, which all of us have you know been touched by in some way. I mean, you just it's just one of those things where God touches us in a way that we can think we have it all, but we can lose everything we think we have in such a, in an instant. And Kobe was, he was just too, I just felt like he had so much more to offer. I just, I was, I felt robbed. But he was an amazing player, a very amazing player. But to me, the impact of who someone is means far more than what they accomplish on the court. I don't remember all your accomplishment, Coop. Please forgive me you know, on the court. And I know there were many, but I, Beyond the Game is a trademark that I own. And I own that because of Hank's death when Hank passed away and just being there in that whole situation, trying to be a mentor for him. And a friend of mine asked me on, on a show he had, he said, Stefan Johnson. And he told me before the show what questions he was going to ask me, but he started off by saying, making an introduction and saying, okay, Beyond the Game, who is Stephon Johnson? Well, I tried to answer it and I said what I did, but he was like, no, no, no. We wanna know who you are and the who I couldn't answer Cause I didn't, you know, I've always looked at myself and identified myself by what I did and either by what I had or what I didn't have. That who right now is what I, I I think people who are genuine, who their who is, they bring it all right there. You don't have to worry if there's something hidden. You know what I mean? So. To me, Kobe was a, he was a beyond the guy. He was more than a what, than a you know what I mean? He tried to define himself or describe himself in some ways on the court. But when he went on to win an Oscar and, and went on to be the great dad that, I mean, you, he, it was so many different dimensions of this guy that you knew this was a genuine person. This was a genuine, frailties are not, you know, shortcomings are not. But and, and, and we can say that about a whole bunch of other people. But I, I really feel uh, for the family, for his family, I, I hope the girls, you know, make it through this and, and make it through it whole. I just pray for his wife and I pray that, you know, whatever she's going through from the stress and grieving, that she gets all she needs from that. And, you know, we just, we just have to be there for him and continue to, to support him and try to be as positive as we can when we think about whatever negative we hear about that situation. Listening to Stefan Johnson on Showtime with Coop. Steph, couple more questions for you, sir. Uh, well put, because Kobe was a, a certain kind of individual. What do you think of the NBA today? The NBA today is is a lot different from what the NBA we knew, but it's going to continue to evolve. I'm afraid for them in so many ways about their product. I think that they are getting a little arrogant with their product. I think they need to tap back into the old school guys like us who can help with some stories. Those stories are how my grandmother that was born in 1870, she raised us by telling stories of survival and stories of, you know, happy stories, great, all kinds of stories that help us to put things in perspective. And those old stories, you know, from times past that are being lost because there's no connection with the older players to the younger players and the future players. I think the league is, is gutting out its own soul. Uh, if there's no place for a guy like Stefan Johnson and Michael Cooper in the NBA to, then, then it's it's doomed. It's doomed because it's it's gonna implode. It has, you know, if you look at, you know, I know you said I can't drink, but I gotta take drink. I'm sorry. Okay. Pass it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in the camera. Hey, that would be a great commercial, right? I can just pass it and then all right, grabs it and he passes it over to you. Okay. uh um, <laughs> Absolutely. We'll do that commercial for you guys. But um, I forgot what I was saying. You know, I'm ADD, right? No, but let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Steph. Let I forgot me what I was you. saying. I mean, it could be like something else more serious, but maybe it's just ADD. What did you what was I saying? No, no, no. You're perfect, man. That was good. Uh, uh, let me ask you this. You're a 10th year player in the league today. What kind of money would you command? You're up for a contract. Hoop. I I don't even play that game. Um, you know how that goes, man. That's a, that's that's where no, they are. Right I go. Tell me what kind the of money, money with the money that's out there. I, let me just tell you like this, okay? Bo Kimball, Kurt Thomas, Kelvin uh, uh, K. There's a lot of guys I can name. Tamaki Walker, Eric Strickland. There's a lot of guys I've been working with over the years, mentoring and helping them, you know, in in all kinds of ways that have made. They, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's a lot of money, let's just say that. And a lot of those guys, when they saw me, they saw me the first time by playing against me. And some of them, it was not too, they weren't too impressed. But for most, for the most part, most of them were like, wow, who is this guy again?" So what I would command it, you know, it's about how you conduct yourself off the court. If you're going to be, you know, one of those guys kind of, you know, playing on the edges like a Dennis Rodman, you're going to get shortchanged. If you're yeah, one of those clean cut guys like a Geron Howard, you're going to get maxed out. So you got to, you got to, got to know your audience, you know, who you're dancing for and what tune are you dancing to? Steph, what would you tell a young player that's getting ready? Probably does, that has the, the skill level of us about going into the NBA. I mean, w- what kind of advice would you give that person? Well, it, you know, I, I would always like to know his personal situation. You know, is he is are, you know close with his father close with his family members what is his long-term goals what's his short-term goals what is the what are the things right now financially that are pressing to him what are the things that are relational that maybe baby mom or anything that's going on in his life that i that will that i can help mitigate to keep his focus on what will keep him paid over time because it has to be sustainability i was a, easily a 10-year guy but i had a one-year guy brain so you know my mindset was I was just too happy to be there. If you go in there like that, you're going to be in and out. So if you go in and take it serious, it's a job. It is a job. And you have to maintain professionalism. If you don't know what that means, you need to have some people around you that can remind you or share with you what it means and how to do it. But those guys who don't get that, they're they're squandering millions and millions of dollars. I mean, I I can name a lot of them right now. I can tell you you know, when Latrell's free was on top of his game, nobody could say anything to him on or off the court as far as money he was making, his game, and he, the, the parallel I'll draw with him, he reminds me of, he reminds me of James Harden. It, you know, here's a guy that's on top of the world, but it seems you know, his arrogance knows no bounds. You know, so everybody that says anything against him, they hating, or they this or they that. I mean, dude, I ain't got time to hate. I mean, I don't have that much time to focus on you. I got too many other things. It's just calling it what you see. You know, I don't hear to see this guy the a Dane Harden uh, Muscular District Foundation. I mean, some people give and you nobody know what they're giving. But this guy lets everybody know he's giving strippers money. So, okay, there's some other more worthy causes out there. I, I'm sure, but maybe I'm wrong. That's his money. He earned it. But if you look at history and when you the guys start going down there, I'm going to be a baller role, you know, you're just giving. And we already know right now from a trust standpoint, we don't know who law, law enforcement is. Just by the people that just raided the the, the capital. So if you're gonna take your chances out there with who you think law enforcement is or who you think is not a snitch or not a narc or not whatever, and you out there trying to show that lifestyle, they're gonna wrap you up and they're gonna get some of that money back. So you gotta you gotta know, you know, what's what's out there. You have to have intelligence, you have to have management. Guys now just have an agent. Those days are gone. You need management. You're you're you need management. McDonalds can't open without management. People aren't just gonna show up and work on time and can food prep on time. They're not going to do it. Somebody has to manage that situation. And these players need management at a much greater level than they've ever had. The, the day of the just agent in the NBA, if the NBA had not figured it out, somebody needs to figure it out. Great words, Steph. Great words. Listen, if I can help you increase your performance and get extra confidence in the bedroom, would you listen to me? No. No, you have okay. nothing. But I got nothing something you. you can tell me about. I, got the some, bedroom. Listen, I can I got keep got yours. <laughs> I got something for you. All right, it's what you got? Blue Chew. Go to BlueChew.com and promo code Showtime with Coop. You get you kidding me? You get, a, <laughs> you get a free sample, man.
1: Free Coop, sample. i give you that
0: extra umph you need in the bedroom. You going soon now. Coop, I'm only 59. I'm not 79. Okay, yeah, listen, thank you so much, man, for being on, dude. I appreciate it. I love hey, you. I love give me you. My package. You send me this stuff, I'll give it to my buddies, man. Get it, I'll give it to somebody. Send it to me. Send me something. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right man. Cool. I love you, bro. I love you, man. Okay. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Take care, somebody. dude. Later. Body. Okay, man. No. <laughs>